Well, good evening, evening, everyone. Great to see you here. Thank you, sir. I love that time of worship. Oh, so well, so good, so well led. Thank you so much for that. I enjoyed the bread and uh, the juice as well. That was really nice. It's just a taster of afterwards. It's great. Um, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. This is familiar territory. Verse 42 we're going to be in. Uh, just put your finger in there and um, we'll be there in a moment. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Acts chapter 2. I just recently went to the optician um, for my two-yearly checkup. Do you know what? They're incredibly intrusive opticians, aren't they? I mean, talk about invade your personal space. It, 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 I, I said, don't you ever feel embarrassed? <laughs> don't you ever feel embarrassed? I mean, you're as close as, close as my wife. You know, you're just so... <laughs> why? You know, this, and he's, he said, yeah, it is, it's true. It's, uh, it is an incredible invasion of somebody's space. And he's, and he's checking it. And he said, anyway, how are you doing? And I said, I'm doing fine. I've been fine, okay. No problem. Um, I said, okay, and so forth, so... He does all his tests, and, and he, then he turns around and he says, no, you're not okay. No, it's not a big deal. You know, it's not a big deal. It's just, um, there's, uh, it's just it's lost a little bit of clarity in the vision, and, um, um, which I never noticed whatsoever. And so all tonight is, before we get praying, is just to fine-tune the vision a little bit. Just a couple of things here that you already know, I'm going to remind you of, and then we're going to get praying. All right, so that's where, that's where we are uh, for this evening. One of the churches that Des and I visited on when I was on sabbatical in 2012 was um, Bill Hybel's church in uh, Chicago, Willow Creek. And um, he's the leader of that church. Uh, and when he was at theological college, he attended a seminar which was classified as a required Bible class. So he suspected that his main challenge would be to stay awake. And as the professor finished his talk, he closed his notes, stepped out from behind the lectern, and then he bared his soul. And he said, and these are the words, students, there was once a community of believers who were so totally devoted to God that their life together was charged with the Spirit's power. And in that band of Christ followers, believers took off their masks, shared their lives together. They laughed and cried, prayed and sang. They broke down social and economic barriers, bridged gender and racial chasms, and celebrated cultural difficulties and differences. Actually, it's differences, not difficulties. He celebrated cultural differences. And then, and it says, and the Lord, the Lord added daily to their number. So let's turn to Acts 2, 47, because this is what got him going. And this is, my friends, this is what we call the local church. This is it. And from that moment on, this is what Bill Hybels was about. If I'm going to be a part of anything, if I'm going to build anything, it's local church. Acts 2, 42, 47, this is where he's at. Well, 
this is where we're at too, so we better read it. 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I know this is familiar territory, and I know we've been here before, and, and you, you, know, you, you probably know these words inside out, but for some of you, you may not. And the first thing at the beginning of Acts, Jesus says to his disciples, stay here in Jerusalem. Stay here. Don't leave Jerusalem. And they didn't. Now, one commentator was saying, in fact, they stayed there. They didn't scatter for another eight years. And all the time, they're doing this stuff. Acts 2, 42, 47. Their first call, and our first call, church, is to be a community in a community. That's our calling. We're in the community of High Wycombe, but we are called to be a community in a community. That is first. First things first. So hence, and I don't know um, whether we actually planned it, but hence the first set of the first week of notes was community. It's absolutely crucial. These believers built community into their everyday lives. They met together in the temple courts. They met in one another's homes. And our aim, our goal, where we're going for, where we're heading, is to be a church of a thousand people gathered in multiple meetings in multiple sites. Now, I know for some of you, Numbers doesn't cut it. I, I just know that. I know numbers doesn't cut it. Though I do notice this, that Luke has no qualms in dropping in that 3,000 people were saved just before this. And that just might help you if you have a numbers, you know, anti-numbers. And uh, as Steve said last week, the, just the, every number is a person. Steve was about people last week. And you... And you must have picked up his heart. I mean, I found it really challenging, and I loved his faith. But he has a, he has a heart for people. And, and, that's what, and that's what this is about. He has a heart for people. And then it's not only to get them to hear the gospel, it's to get them to experience the gospel. I want to tell you this. I experienced the gospel before I heard it. That's an interesting way of putting things, isn't it? So, see if you, come on, two of you got furrowed brows. I experienced the gospel before I really heard it. And what I did was, I was amongst this group of Christians, and I experienced the gospel. I saw what was going on in them, and that drew me. That's what it was. So I was experiencing the gospel before it really clicked, before it really fell into place. One of the main things I do on a Sunday morning I, I, is to meet new people. That's my aim. I aim to meet new people. And again and again, I hear new people tell me. Uh, they tell me about the warmth and the welcome here at King's. Um, and I really don't want you to underestimate this. King's Church, 
please do not underestimate Sunday mornings, the gathering together. Don't underestimate it. It's a powerful thing. What people experience when they come into the environment of God's people together. Jesus said, where, where what? Two or three, is it? Two or three. You know, you get hundreds coming here on a Sunday morning. And, and, and people experience, they experience something that they've never experienced before. I spoke to two people last week. Came, one hadn't been in church for 15 years. There's another lady, and she just, just that week she knew she just had to come to church, website, you know, internet, King's Church, came down here. Tell you what, people come. People are coming there here every week, and they have an opportunity to experience the gospel, some of them, before it really clicks. So don't underestimate. Don't underestimate. And what's more, they see, they see a place full of diversity. They see a wide variety of backgrounds and ages, nationalities, languages, cultures. Do you know, we are reaching nations here. I don't underestimate it. That's my, that's my point. Don't miss it. It speaks volumes to people. Most of our growth, church, most of our growth is not alpha. I know some of you think that, but it's not Alpha. Alpha is brilliant. Alpha is absolutely essential. It's just great. Most of our growth comes from a Sunday morning when people start coming and they experience the presence of God. They experience the gospel here in this place. Gathered, the gathered people of God. Ever since the first married argument in Genesis chapter 3, Strange it's marriage, isn't it? Uh, you know, we, we have a world that's full of broken and fractured relationships. Community's always been at the heart of God. God's way of advancing his kingdom is through connection and community. And wherever the disciples went, they did this. Local church. Local church. I don't want you to lose it. I don't want you to miss it. Community and community. Christians forgiven for their sin Christians filled with the Spirit. Christians full of the joy of God. And it's wonderful this evening. It's beautiful. It's attractive. It's incredibly powerful. I know it's not perfect. That's because we're here. But it is powerful. It's powerful, my friends. And uh, it speaks to people. So I, I have conversations with people I have some conversations with people. They find out I'm a church leader, and they play safe conversations. And the safe conversation is this. Oh, uh, what denomination? That's the safe conversation. And they, and they want to talk church, and they go, oh, well, how many people come to your church? And when I tell them how many people come to the church, they go, you know, the mouth drops, and I, I thought the church was dying. And uh, I said, no. I said, there's lots of churches that have got loads of people in High Wycombe. I said, you know. And they, so that's the safe, they play, they're shocked, but I know they have filters. I know they have filters. Because telling somebody is one thing, but if they were to come, then they would see it. You know, I, I just want us to be more bold, I want us to be more brazen. And to ask people to come. Just ask people to come. 
And then all those filters that are on there and all those thoughts about what church is, oh my goodness me, it makes an incredible difference. So let's, 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 if we're going to pray for something tonight, we're going to pray for boldness. We're going to pray for boldness to be a community in a community and, uh, and not to hide it. And they experience the vitality of God's people. It makes an impact. They met in the temple courts. They met in other, one another's houses. Small groups. You'll find small groups. And knowing new, everybody thinks it's a new invention. Small groups. It's not even new in Acts chapter 2. Moses was doing it. Moses was doing it in uh, Exodus chapter 18. And Jethro, and they're all coming to Moses. And Jethro, his father-in-law, says, What on earth are you doing? Trying to look after these people. All these people. And then they put them. They have people in charge of 20, people in charge of 50, people in charge of 100, people in charge of 20. It's a small group. It's a small group. They've been doing small groups. We haven't invented anything. It's, it's, but it's really crucial. So one of the things I'd like us to pray for tonight is that everyone is connected. Everyone is connected. Whether it's Alpha, whether it's a discipleship group, a connect group, a Bible study group, a knitting group, a running group, whatever group, everyone is connected. I want us to pray for that. Why not? Why not? Because that is absolutely crucial. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Note that, to fellowship. Fellowship allows and invites other people into our lives. It gives us opportunities to come alongside one another. <laughs> you know, fellowship allows things like rebuke. I mean, you t- tell me, you have to have rebuke if you want to do, re- you have to have fellowship if you want to do rebuke. It's much better to do it in a relationship. You know, the Bible says rebuke, <laughs> you know, sometimes we have to, sometimes we have to say things. It's better to be in relationship. Much better to be in a relationship. If you feel you have a rebuking ministry, bless you. Take it somewhere else. We only rebuke one another in love. We, 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 do, this, we, think, we do these things out of fellowship and relationship. That, it's, it's crucial. We live in a culture where the interests and desires of the individual are, oh, they take precedent even over family let alone community. There's no way that there's no way that you and I will grow spiritually apart from deep involvement in the community of other believers. No way. Just won't happen. You can pray all you like, but you are designed to be in community with one another. It's absolutely key. And if you're not, I'm just encouraging you, my friends, please do that. When the next small groups comes out, you make sure you're in. Get in. Get in. Because it's absolutely crucial for you. C.S. Lewis, part of a famous circle of friends, of which Tolkien was one, and they have this unexpected death in their group. And he writes this excerpt from his book, Four Loves. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. But myself, I'm not large enough to call the whole man into activity. 
I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Now that Charles is dead, I shall never see him again. I shall never see again Ronald's Tolkien's reaction to a specifically Charles joke. Far from having more of Ronald, having him to myself now that Charles is away, I now have less of Ronald. Because Ronald was able to bring something out of Charles that I can't get anymore. We need community. It's, it's really, really crucial. Lewis was saying that it took a community to know an individual. How much more is this true to know Jesus Christ? You need community to do it, my friends. So, I know you hear me on this one. But if, we, if you don't do it, I know that people will wither. And they'll, you cannot live the Christian life without a family of believers of which you're part. So, I'm going to pray for everyone to be connected. If, you know, if ever there was a man of prayer, it was Martin Luther. And uh, he confessed in regard to prayer. And he writes this, At home in my house, there's no warmth or vigor in me. But when I get to church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart, and it's breaking its way through. I, I, that's, that's part of what you're saying, you see, doesn't it? Um, that, that just the sense of being together, it's absolutely crucial. I remember on one particular occasion, uh, Des and I had a particularly hard time. This was at a previous church that we were at. And, um, you know, we were... There was a pathway up to the chapel. It was at Amersham Chapel. And we were walking up the pathway. And I just felt dead. You know, absolutely dead. And we were walking up there. We were late. <laughs> As if people did late in those days too. And um, we were late. We were walking up the pathway. And then this sound of worship. And these people singing. And I heard the, the worship of God's people to God. And do you know, something happened even as I was walking up the pathway. By the time I got to the door, my heart was so lifted. And everything had changed and all the perspective had changed. And I couldn't wait to get in and join God's people. Community, absolutely crucial. We need fellowship, everyone connected. Next, the other point here is everyone counts. Everyone counts. All the believers were together, they all count. So in his letter to his church in Rome, Paul says he urges believers to present themselves as living sacrifices. In the Old Testament, your sin was atoned for through sacrifice. An animal would be presented. That's for the purpose of sacrifice. It was to be holy, unblemished, blameless, presented to the priest. The animal would be killed. Blood would be spilt. And your sin would be atoned for. And you would probably understand, boy, this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. Paul says that your atoning sacrifice has already happened through Jesus. So in Romans 12, he says, So I, now I want you to, as living sacrifices, put yourself on the altar. Put yourself on the altar. Your very life. Why? Because we're not our own anymore. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. Bring to God all that you have, all that you are, time, money, gifts, abilities. Offer them in worship. 
Present your bodies as living sacrifices. Jesus, my friends, isn't added to our lives. We are added to his and therefore to his body. Let me just say that again. Jesus isn't added to our lives as if we make some sort of compartment for him. No, we're added to his, therefore his body. So all the believers were together. Everyone counts. This church here in Acts chapter 2 isn't a seat only on a Sunday church. It isn't that. They had everything in common, each playing their part. This building, this building was made possible by 30 families who put the equity of their houses on the line for a 600,000 pound loan in 1994. Otherwise, no building. And it meant that if the church defaulted, they could go in and take their equity in those homes. Everybody plays a part. We have to play a part, my friends. It's important. Are you playing yours? Are you playing yours? Last Sunday, last Sunday, we had 92 helpers for Sunday morning. Every one of them needed, and probably more. It took 92 people just for Sunday. Just to put on Sunday, and all that goes into Sunday, and the children's work, the creation, all the rest of it, 92 people. That's a lot of people, you know. That's a lot of people, my friends. I tell you, you cannot do this without serving like this. And this church has got a huge, it's got a huge um, history in serving. I came to this church in the late 80s. I remember coming to the first meeting there, and um, I was just astonished. You know, they, they got up at such a time that they set the school out and put the pay, PA equipment out and or got all the children's work out and everything. They did this for years. They did this for years. How they, they just served. And at the time when I joined, the church had just gone through a bit of a, a, a sort of a, a crunch time. And some people had, had, had left the church and, 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 and some were quite key in the church. And this, and I, at first Sunday, I thought, I saw these people and their commitment to one another and their commitment to the Lord. And I thought, my goodness me, this is going to flourish. This church is going to flourish. Uh, and, and it did, and it has. This is what Paul calls worship. Presenting your bodies as living sacrifices. Are you playing your part? Have you got a part? It's important. You, you, need, you need to be in. The commitment was incre- incredibly helpful. You know, when we went to two meetings, some people, one or two, just thought, just not loads, but one or two thought we were nuts going to two meetings. Absolutely nuts. I mean, the first Sunday, I thought we should have done this a year ago. I just should have done this a year ago. I mean, it was just brilliant. Two meetings. You can't do two meetings without people buying in and serving. You cannot do it. You, you really need it. We mustn't lose this, my friends. Everyone counts. Everyone's needed. It's what makes vision happen. You need to understand you're a part of a body. And every part has to play its part. Otherwise, you're missing out and Jesus is missing out too. Use your gifts and abilities for the benefit of others. I'm just going to move on very quickly here. We need this. I tell you, we need this all the more. Need this all the more. Right? Because, my friends, this mission of this church is about people. 
And this church went out. It may have stayed there for eight years, but it had people coming to it all the time, and it went out. And that's where we're going. We're going out. Transforming ordinary people into passionate followers of Jesus. And this mission is people. And that's why we need to go multi-site. We need to get on board with this. We need to go multi-site, my friends. We need to be out. What are we do- why are we doing that? Because you need to go where the people are. We have people now. The majority of people are within two, two, um, two miles of this church. Many people walk here now. I know quite a few of you drove. But I'm telling you, the bulk of the people, for when, when we came, it was just a handful. The bulk of the people that come to King's Church walk. It's just the way it is. So we want to we, we go. That's why we want to go multi-site. We want to be where the people are. I'm not going to go into all the multi-site stuff because I, I want us to pray. And we can only do this you know, if everyone plays their part. And the multi-site, you know, gives people opportunities. They can be in big and they can be in small. Leaders tend to want big churches. People tend to want smaller. People want community. People want connection. Multi-site gives you both. Gives you both. We can do this. But we need to be on board and utterly.